Today, as we think about the message that God has given unto me, the assignment that the Lord has given to me, not an assignment that I certainly would embrace upon my own, but we've been talking for the last few weeks on the subject, the fate of the wicked. And what we have discussed as we've opened the word of God, we have discussed that there is a plan of God that will deal with the wicked of the world. And for the past five weeks, we've been in a very heavy teaching series called The Fate of the Wicked. And over those last five weeks, there have been many decisions that have been made for Christ right here at Eden Westside Baptist Church. And there's been a lot of people that have listened by radio and have tuned in via online that have connected with us and said, Pastor, thank you for the message that you have delivered to us. And there have been many decisions that have been made over the past five weeks. As we've journeyed over the past five weeks, it becomes my assignment to cause you to reflect for just a moment. The very first thing that we talked about is a question that most of us ponder along the journey of life, and that is this question, why do the wicked prosper? And we talked about that according to the word of God, that we understood that it is very possible for the wicked to prosper in this world. As you look around you today, you see a lot of wicked people that seem to be getting ahead, while you as a believer may be feeling like that you're not being able to achieve victory in your life. And there are many people that have been perplexed over the centuries and the ages with the same question, God, why does it seem like the wicked people have it better than I do? And we talked about that the very first message. And then the second message, we talked about the wicked at the point of death. That is, they've lived their wicked life, and then there is a moment in life where there is a diagnosis that is given to the wicked that says something like this. The cancer has spread. The disease has spread. There is nothing else that we can do to help you. It is the wicked at the point of death. What do they think about? How do they reason as they're laying there looking at the inevitable that is going to happen to their life and they have to stop and think about what's it going to be like when I take my last breath, when my heart beats its last beat. We talked about that along this journey of the series of messages. Then we talked about the wicked at the moment that they pass over into eternity eternity, what is that like for a wicked person? When they move from this world into the eternal world, what does that mean to them? And we discussed that. And then we talked about the wicked as they wait in hell, and we discussed what is it like, according to the word of God, for the wicked to wait in hell. And then the last time we talked about it, we talked about the wicked as their own trial before a righteous God. What does it look like? What does the Bible say for a wicked person that is filled with the filth of their sin, the unholiness of who they are, standing before a pure righteous God, and we discussed that at that time that they were standing at the great white throne judgment of God. And the resounding truth today is that every man, woman, boy, and girl, no matter who you are, no matter what your lot in life may be, no matter whether you're poor or whether you're rich, no matter what your educational level may be. There is a resounding truth that needs to be proclaimed from the sacred desk of God and that resounding truth is you will pass over into eternity. There will come a time for every man, every woman and every boy and every girl 
where you will be required to pass over in to eternity. So today, we're going to discuss the subject matter, which is one that every man, woman, boy, and girl ought to make sure that you zero in on the teaching of the Word of God today. And the title of the message is this, The Fate of the Wicked as They Are Sentenced to the Lake of Fire. The Lake of Fire. Now, there are people that would say, now, wait a minute, Brother Jackin, don't you know and don't you realize that I don't believe a bit of that? I don't believe in the lake of fire. And there have been many, many people that have argued the point that the lake of fire is symbolic, that it's not literal. I beg to differ. I believe that the lake of fire is a literal lake of fire. We'll find that out today as we open the word of God. But ladies and gentlemen, I believe that it is a message that we all need to hear today. And I pray that God will open your heart and your mind as we take God's word and turn over to the book of Matthew chapter 18 as we study under the sermon title, The Wicked as They're Sentenced to the Lake of Fire. Now again, reminding you that that's not a popular subject today that many people would love to hear about and talk about, but the inevitable is going to happen that there will be people that will be sentenced to the lake of fire as we study the biblical truth of that. Now if you were to say to me, Pastor, what passage of scripture do you believe that when Jesus was on, on this earth that he took more seriously than any other passage of scripture? I would say to you that I would open my Bible to the book of Matthew chapter 18. Now there are people that would say, well, Brother Jackie, don't you think that when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane that that was a very serious moment for him? And I would not deny that in any shape, form, or fashion. But I believe that if you were to look at Jesus when he was up on the earth, when he really wanted to nail down a biblical truth, I would encourage you to turn to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18 is prompted by questions from his own disciples. When you begin to look in Matthew chapter 18, you'll notice in verse number one that his disciples came to him and asked him, Master, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Based off that question that was posed to Jesus, there was a prompting inside Jesus that I believe caused him to speak the most serious message that we've ever heard in, in the Bible. You'll notice that in a moment as he, as he began to answer the question here in the word of God is the moment where he took a little child and he brought the little child to him based off the question that was posed to him by his disciples. Who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus brings a little child to him and sets that little child among them and says, unless you become like a little child and be converted, you will not see the kingdom kingdom of God. In other words, he is talking about hum, humbling yourself and the spirit of humility. And that's something that most of us don't want to hear. We don't want to resolve ourselves to. We don't want to humble ourselves. But Jesus himself says, unless you come as a little child and humble yourself, you will not see the kingdom of God. And then he went on to say that if you offend one of these little children, it would be better that a millstone would be tied around your neck and you would be cast into the sea. What he's saying is this. If you influence little children the wrong way, you're going to pay a severe price for doing that. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to go on record today to tell you that 
our little boys and our little girls that are being raised in the world today, they are being influenced the wrong way. Not by the popular movie stars of the world or the rock stars, but they're being raised the wrong way by their moms and by their dads. They're infiltrating their children with everything that really doesn't matter, and they're leaving God completely out of the child's life. Let me tell you, my friend, there is severe consequences to those that lead the little children away from Jesus. Now we see that in Matthew chapter 18 and verse number 7, Jesus says, Woe unto the world because of offenses. Now before we move from that, I want to make sure that you understand what that word offenses means. It means evils. In other words, what Jesus is saying is, there is consequences for evil in the world today. And then you'll notice he says, but it must needs be that evils come. In other words, what he's saying is, evil is going to get worse. It's going to become more prevalent. It's going to become more identifiable as you live your life. But he says, woe unto that man by whom the offense is coming. What that means is there's going to be consequences to people that lead people the wrong way. I believe that we're living in a world today to where we're seeing a lot of people lead people the wrong way. The Bible tells us what the consequences of that is. As a matter of fact, it is so severe that as you open your Bible in verse number 8, he says, wherefore, if your hand or your foot offends you, that you want to cut that hand or foot off and cast it from you. And the Bible goes on and says that if your hand or your foot offends you, you want to cut it off and cast it from you. For it is better for you to enter into life halt and maim rather than having two hands and two feet and to be cast into what kind of fire, everybody? Everlasting fire. What he's saying is this. If your hand is leading you the wrong way, away from God, if, if your hand is that which influences you the wrong way, he says it's better that you cut your hand off. It would be better for you not to have a hand in this life than for you to have both hands and end up in a place of everlasting fire. He says if it's your foot that leads you down the wrong way, it would be better for you to cut your foot off and walk on crutches every day of your life than to have the foot that would lead you the wrong way and end up in everlasting fire. And then he says, if your eye offends you, then you ought to pluck out your eye and cast it from you. For it is better for you to enter into life with one eye than having two eyes and then being cast into hell. Do you notice the seriousness of what Jesus is saying? He's saying to you and to I, it would be better for you to have a leg missing or an arm missing or an eye missing if, 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 it, if your eye or your legs or your hand causes you to get away from the truth of God's word and lead you down the wrong path it would be better for you to cut that off so that you don't have to spend your life in eternal hell. He says take heed that none, that you despise none of these little ones for I say unto you that in 
heaven, their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. And then I'd like for you to read last verse number 11 with me, everybody. For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. In other words, Jesus Christ came to this world to save people from the evils that is presented to them in this life. And Jesus says, man... It would be better for you to cut your hand off, cut your leg off, poke your eye out. Whatever is leading you away from God, whatever is interfering with your life, whatever interrupts your passion to know God and to humble yourself to the Lord, it would be better that you be rid of that than for you to spend eternity in a place called everlasting fire. Now I want you to open your Bible to the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is a powerful proclamation of what it's all going to be like. You'll notice in Revelation chapter 20, the word of God begins to bring it all together. It's gonna, he's going to make sure that we understand the book of Revelation in chapter 20 has giving us information of what's going to take place. And I believe that I can make sure according to the word of God, I deliver unto you the, the truth of what the book of Revelation speaks on. Yesterday I was at a place in Leeds and this person came up to me and said, oh your brother Jackie, they said, the teachings of the book of Revelation that you have given has went everywhere and man I've heard about that and I really want to get a copy of that. How can I get a copy of your teaching of the book of Revelation? They, and I say this to the glory of God. They said, pastor that's the best that I believe that we've ever heard on the teaching of the book of Revelation. When you begin to understand the book of Revelation, the word itself means to unveil or to uncover. And when we study the book of Revelation, I am a premillennial believer. What that means is, I believe that the rapture of the church is going to happen. The Bible says that we should not be ignorant concerning them which are asleep, that we sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Christ will God bring with him. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, the dead in Christ are going to be rise, risen up, and then we which are alive remain shall be called up together to meet them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And the Bible says, comfort one another with these words. Ladies and gentlemen, one day, one day I believe very soon, Jesus is going to suspend himself between heaven and earth, and there's going to be a shout and a voice, and the church is is going to be raptured off planet earth and the bible tells us after that rapture takes place that there will be seven year tribulation period after that seven year tribulation period there will be a thousand year millennial reign of christ when you open your bible to the book of revelation you have to understand in chapter 20 that what we're about to read is at the very end of the thousand year millennial reign of christ what you're about to read is the very it's the climactic moment where the lost is going to be sentenced to the lake of fire. Now remember this, what I'm about to tell you. From the rapture of the church until chapter 20 of the book of Revelation, 1,007 years have taken place. In other words, if Jesus were to come back right now and every child of God was raptured 
at that moment, there would be 1,007 years that would take you from the moment of the rapture to chapter 20 of the book of Revelation. So if we look there together, we find that in chapter 20, Revelation chapter 20, verse number 11, he says, and I saw a great white throne in him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in them, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So we have to ask ourselves this question now. As we look at Revelation chapter 20, first of all, what is the lake of fire? What is the lake of fire? Is it symbolic? Is it real? Does it really exist? So we have to ask ourselves this profound question. What is the lake of fire? There's three things I want you to write down today. Are you with me? Say amen. First of all, the lake of fire, it is a real place. It is a real place. It's not some figment of someone's imagination. It's not symbolic of judgment of God. The lake of fire is a real place. According to Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 10, we find that it discloses itself, the truth to us, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the what? Lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and they shall be tormented day and night. How long, church? Forever and ever. The Greek of that goes on and on and on. It never stops. It is a continual ever and ever and ever. Revelation chapter 19 and verse number 20 indicates to us that the beast was taken and, the, and the, was taken with, and with him the false prophet that wrought the miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshiped his image. And these both were cast into the what church? Lake of fire burning with brimstone. Yes, it is a literal place. The lake of fire is not a figment of imagination. It's not something that conservative preachers in, in times past have used to try to scare people to God. That's not it at all. It is a real place. Then we have to ask ourselves this question. It is a place prepared for the devil and his demons. It is a place that is prepared for the devil and his demons. Matthew chapter 25 and verse number 41 says, And he said also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into what church? Everlasting fire that's been prepared for the devil and his demons. The place called the lake of fire is a real place. It is a place prepared for the devil and his demons. There's something else the Bible tells us about this lake of fire, and it is the second death. The second death. Now, when you think about this, death in Hades, which is the grave, will be cast into the lake of fire, according to Revelation 20 and verse 14. It says, death and hell 
were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Now, before we read on and go on any further, we have to understand this. Death and Hades is what that means. Hades is the grave will be cast in the lake of fire. Hades is the place where all unbelievers go after their death. Hades is a temporary holding place for those who reject Jesus right now. Listen very carefully. If you die without Jesus right now, you will your soul and your spirit will go to Hades. It is a holding place for those that reject Jesus. We talked about that. And one day, Hades will give up its dead and every soul from Adam until this time, after the millennium, every person who has rejected Jesus will come and stand before the great white throne judgment. And the Bible says that they're going to experience the second death. Now, when you study your Bible, you begin to realize that after the great white throne judgment is complete, then all those who are dead in Hades will be cast into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the final and eternal place of torment where all unbelievers will be cast. The human mind cannot conceive how glorious heaven is, but the human mind cannot conceive how bad the lake of fire will be. The second death, that is eternal death. In the scripture, death means separation from God. What does that mean? It, death does not mean annihilation. Death does not mean ceasing to exist, nor does it mean extinction. But when we think about this, there is life beyond the grave. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to understand that God has created you in his image. And because God has created you in his image, you will live somewhere forever. And the Bible tells us that those that are resurrected to stand at the great white throne judgment, they will be sentenced to the second death. What is that? Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever separated from God. The second death, separated from God in a place called the lake of fire. What is the lake of fire? A real place. What is the lake of fire? It's a place prepared for the devil and his demons. What is the lake of fire? It is the second death. Then we have to ask ourselves, who will be cast into the lake of fire? Who's going to go there? Who's going to be in that place? Who's going to be sentenced to the lake of fire forever and ever and ever? The Bible tells us who that's going to be. First of all, the Bible tells us the Antichrist will be there. Revelation chapter 19 and verse number 20 says the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them which had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped him, his image. And both of these were cast alive into the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. The Antichrist is going to be there. But not only is the Antichrist going to be there, the false religion will be there. The, fault, the leader of the false religion will be there. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe that we are seeing a, a phenomenal move of false religion today. I believe it's happening. I believe that more so than ever before, we're being fooled into following false religions. 
I want you to know that I'm a firm believer that, that part of what I'm seeing today, when the pulpits of America have been silenced to sound the warning, I'm telling you that false religion is on the rise today like never before. The world is being set up for people to follow the Antichrist and the leader of false religion. I believe that dangerous things are happening around us today. If there's ever been a time that you need to have your family under a Bible teaching, Bible believing, conservative church, it's the day and hour that you live in right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we are living in perilous times. Don't fall victim to the bait of Satan. Don't fall victim to the bait of false religion. There is danger going on all over the world today for people to follow false religion. But one day the leader of false religion will be cast into the lake of fire. You'll notice in Revelation chapter 19 and verse number 20, it talks about the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought the miracles before him which he had deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. Ladies and gentlemen, we're living in a world today to where I believe false religion is capturing the souls of people at an epidemic rate. I've said before that today you have to be in the entertainment business to reach people for Jesus. Let me assure you that the cross is the answer and the old rugged cross is where I say our salvation is. It's not in the entertainment business, but it's in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Ladies and gentlemen, we're living in dangerous times. The Antichrist will be in the, in the lake of fire. The false prophet will be in the lake of fire and the devil will be in the lake of fire. The devil. Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 10 says, the devil that deceived them was cast in the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and they all shall be tormented how often? Day and night forever and ever and ever. Listen closely, look at me. God in heaven has manifested himself in three persons. Are you listening? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That is what we call the Holy Trinity. But I want you to know there is an unholy trinity. And I want you to remember who they are. The devil, the antichrist, and the false prophet is the unholy trinity. And just as sure as the holy trinity is working, the unholy trinity is working. And the Bible talks about the unholy trinity deceives people. And the Bible tells us that the Antichrist and the leader of false religion and the devil will be cast into the lake of fire. Who else will be there? Demons will be there. Demons will be cast there. Right now, as we're speaking today, some of the most evil demons that is known biblically are in what's known as the bottomless pit. During the tribulation period, they're locked in the bottomless pit. During the tribulation period, that pit will be unlocked. And evil demons will flood this earth like we've never seen before. And I want you to know that demons will be sentenced to the lake of fire. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 41 says, Then shall he also say unto them on his left, 
hand. Depart from me, you cursed. Into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his demons. Ladies and gentlemen, demons will be in the lake of fire. The Antichrist will be in the lake of fire. The false prophet will be in the lake of fire. Demons will be in the lake of fire. And there's one other group that will be in the lake of fire. Every single person from Adam till the end of the millennial time that has rejected Jesus will be in the lake of fire. Every single person. Every single person that has not said yes to Jesus. Every single person that has been deceived by the work of religion. By the way, religion is not what you need. Religion is the most dangerous thing on planet earth. Religion will capture you and destroy you. You don't need religion. You need a relationship with Jesus. Religion will lead you down the wrong way. Religion will capture your soul and sentence you to the lake of fire. But a relationship with Jesus will set you free. Whom the Son sets free, he's free indeed. Can I get an amen? Revelation chapter 20 and verse 15 says, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now listen carefully. Either your name's in the book of life or it's not in the book of life. And if your name is not found written in the book of life, God Almighty, not Brother Jackie, but God Almighty has said to you, if your name is not written in the book of life, you'll be cast into the lake of fire. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Every demon, the devil, the leader of false religion, the Antichrist, and everyone who has rejected Jesus, all the derelicts of the world, every sinner, every lost person that has ever walked on this planet that doesn't know Jesus will be sentenced to the lake of fire. Now here's the question. When will they be sent to the lake of fire? When are they going to be sent there? When is it going to happen? And we know according to the word of God, it is at the last judgment. The last judgment, the great white throne judgment. Now we all know that everybody's going to stand before God in a judgment. For the believer, we stand at the judgment seat of Christ. For every believer, we'll stand at the judgment seat of Christ. There, there will not be one lost person at the judgment seat of Christ. But the lost people will stand at the great white throne judgment meaning that there won't be any saved people there. The last judgment that is recorded in your Bible, the last judgment that is recorded in your Bible is known as the great white throne judgment. And the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, chapter 9 and verse 27, it's appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. You may say, Brother Jackie, I'm not going to stand in judgment. Yes, you are. You're either going to stand at the, at, at the judgment seat of Christ or the great white throne judgment. But the Bible says it's appointed unto everybody to die, and after this, the judgment. And then it goes on and said, I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. In other words, those that are standing there are at the last judgment, the last judgment. My friend, you don't want to be at that place. You don't want to be at that place. 
You want to make sure that you're not at this judgment. We have to ask ourselves the question, after they're judged, how long will they be in the lake of fire? How long will they be there? Are they going to be there a week? Are they going to be there a month, a year? How long will they be in the lake of fire? The Bible gives us that answer. And the devil that deceived them was cast in the lake of fire and brimstone where the false prophet and the beast are and they shall be tormented day and night, say it with me, forever and ever. They're going to be in the lake of fire forever. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? The lake of fire that burns with fire and brimstone, people that are sinners there, will be there forever and ever 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 no end. What a terrible thought. Then we have to ask ourselves this question, why are they in the lake of fire? Why are they there? Why in the world would anybody be in that awful place? And the Bible tells us why they're there. And I want you to listen carefully. The word of God instructs us as to the problem and why they're there. Would you read this with me, everybody? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son in the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Oh, don't stop there. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not on him is condemned already. Why are they in the lake of fire? Why, why are they there? Because they don't believe in Jesus. If you don't believe in Jesus, my friend, you're condemned already. God didn't send Jesus to this world to get you in a mess. God sent Jesus to this world to get you out of a mess. God didn't send Jesus in this world to condemn you. God sent Jesus in this world to save you. If you don't believe in Jesus, you're condemned already. And nobody, absolutely nobody, can change that except one person. And that's Jesus. Every sinner, every man, every woman, every boy and girl, at the sound of my voice, if you don't know Jesus, you're condemned already. Your final state, your final state of your destination is the lake of fire. You say, Brother Jackie, I didn't come here to hear that. I know you didn't. I know you didn't. But can I tell you something and be truthful with you? I'm up to here with churches and preachers that feel like they shouldn't tell you the truth. Let me tell you something, friend. This world doesn't need another feel good. This world needs men of God to stand up and warn you of what's coming if you don't believe in Jesus. 
I would not attend a church that didn't invite people to come to Christ. I would not attend a church that didn't invite sinners to come to Jesus. Let me tell you something, friend. It's not about what kind of music you like. It's not about the pew and the paint and the lights and the fog and the stuff. There's going to be people standing at this place that said, Lord, didn't we do this for you? And didn't we do that for you? And didn't we do this for you? And he's going to say, I never knew you. Depart from me. You don't fall in love with the building. You don't fall in love with the movement. You don't give your life to that. You give your life to Jesus. He that believeth not is condemned already. The next verse says it. The wrath of God abides on him. The wrath of God abides on everybody who does not believe in Jesus. Can you imagine that? The wrath of God abides on people that don't believe in Jesus. Why are they there? Watch me. Because they were stubborn. They let pride stand in the way. They, they was afraid of what somebody was going to say about them. They didn't want to give up their sin. I remember when I was not a pastor sitting on the back row of a church. God killing me back there. I didn't know I was going to be a preacher. I didn't have a clue about all that. And I remember the Holy Spirit dealing my heart and me sitting there thinking. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I sat there thinking, man, I'm running around with some heathens. And I ain't going to have no friends if I give my heart to Jesus. But let me tell you something. Don't you let that stop you. Because when you surrender to the Lord, it'll be the best thing you've ever done in your life. Don't let your sin stand in your way. Don't let your preference stand in your way. Don't let anything stand in your way. Come to Jesus before it's too late. Come to Jesus before it's too late. C come to Jesus before it's too late. I, I believe that you don't have to be a theologian to look around you and realize that time is running out. Come to Jesus before it's too late. Revelation chapter 22 and verse number 17 says, the spirit and the bride say come and let him that heareth say come. Let him that's thirsty come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. The Bible says if you would just confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you'll just believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Dr. Jeremiah, David Jeremiah, in his book, Escape the Coming Night, wrote a passage in his book. And this is what Dr. Jeremiah said. I don't enjoy writing about this. Now, this is in his book. 
Even though Jesus spoke frequently about hell, today we've made it so common that we have no fear. And without fear, there's no compassion. He said, I remember the words of a song that used to be sung in a gospel meeting and revivals when I was a little boy. My dad was a preacher. And I can still feel the chill that would go through me when I heard a message on the great white throne judgment. I did not want to go there. This is the words of that song. I dreamed that the great judgment morning had dawned and the trumpet had blown. I, I dreamed that the nations had gathered to judgment before the great white throne. From the throne came a bright shining angel and stood by the land and the sea and swore with his hand raised to heaven that time no longer would be. The rich man was there, but his money had melted and vanished away. A pauper, he stood in the judgment. His debts were too heavy to pay. The great man was there, but his greatness when death came was left far behind. The angel opened the records. Not a trace of his greatness he could find. The gambler was there and the drunkard the man that had sold them the drink with the people who sold them the license together in hell they all did sink the moral man came to the judgment but his self-righteous rags would not do the men who had crucified Jesus had passed off as moral men too the soul that had put off salvation not tonight I'll get saved by and by. No time now to think of religion. At last, he found time to die. And oh, what weeping and wailing as the lost were told of their fate. They cried for the rocks and the mountains. They prayed, but their prayer was too late. There will come a time when people will beg for the rocks and the mountains to fall on them just to hide them from the face of God. And they will pray, but their prayer will be too late. Today is not too late. Today, you can come to Jesus before it's too late. The assignment that God had given me to preach on the fate of the wicked has now been accomplished. The last sermon has been preached from this pulpit on this subject. The sacred book of God has been closed. My job has been accomplished. And now my friends, my brothers and my sisters, the older generation to the younger generation, now the decision lies in your hands. What will you do with your eternity? 
What will you do with your relationship with Jesus? Will you turn and walk out the door and leave and get in your car? Or will you come to Christ? Only one way to get out of the sentence of the lake of fire. And that is to open your heart and invite Jesus in. If you've never done that today, I wouldn't be much of a preacher to tell you this and say, have a good Sunday. The Spirit and the bride say, come, and let him that's thirsty come. Today is a day for you to come. What will you do with Jesus? Today, as we stand together for just a moment, everybody's standing. Our ministers are going to come. And as they come, would you bow with me all over this building? Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, right now is your moment to come. Every person in the Bible that God called, he called publicly. Will you come? Today is your moment to come. We're about to sing an invitation and we're gonna invite you to step forward. These men are here to pray with you. If you'd like to join the church, we'd like for you to come today.